0: All right, hey, good morning, everybody. I'm kind of bummed because Aaron uh, stole my intro. My intro is going to be a total dad joke. I haven't seen you since last year, and it's just gone now. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just lost. No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, I do love those kind of dad jokes, though. Those are my favorite. And uh, But it's true. We're starting this new year. We're starting afresh here in this way, even though a new year could be kind of a artificial sort of beginning at some level. But it's a good time to be thinking about some things and so i I wanted for us to not have it be about goals or resolutions or all of that necessarily at all but for us to be thinking about what is the most important thing what is the way that we can sort of recalibrate and refocus uh realign our hearts to be along the line of god's heart what is god's heart for us and what should our heart be for god and So when you think about that, it's got to be about love. It's got to be about love. So first, love. That's the point. This series is that at the beginning of this year, let's first focus on love. We also know that God loved us first, right? We also know the first thing we should be about is loving God and then is about loving others. And we then know that God has also called us to return to our first love, right? We need to return to our first love in Jesus. And so when you're thinking about this year, when you're thinking about starting new, when you're thinking about all these goals and all that kind of stuff that you see people encouraging you, whether that's friends or online or an article you read about, hey, this is how you can set your, uh, your agenda for this year. Wouldn't it be awesome to say, hey, I want this to be all about God and God's love for me, my love for God, and returning to what is most important. Um, saw this great quote, uh, actually, on Matt Doan's Twitter, uh, but it was not by him, but it's uh, by another pastor named Glenn Packiam. And part of it just said, our hope is in Jesus, not January. Okay so when you think about like what your goals are or what like how to think about this next season of your time that January is just like this sort of fake thing right January doesn't matter at some level but what matters is Jesus our hope is in Jesus Jesus is where our new beginning comes from and so our hope is in Jesus not January Jesus is the author and The finisher, the completer, the perfecter of our faith. Jesus started it. He'll finish it. He will do the work. It's his power that we trust in. So let's look to him and let's return to him and to him as our first love. And that whole thing, um, so I want to talk a little bit, that's like what this whole series is about. Now, how we sort of got here, and how I got into even this specific topic of return to your first love today, other than we, I promise, we'll get to Revelation 2. That's where the passage is that we'll be looking at, where it talks about this. Um, But it was actually about a year ago, just a little like a well, two weeks less than a year ago, uh, I went on a little time, uh, like a solitude retreat. I've talked about it before here. Um, I went on just a, a few days of time alone with the Lord. Uh, something I try to have be a regular rhythm of, of something I do is to take some time, a little bit extended time uh, to be completely alone with just God. Uh, some reading, some prayer, some journaling, uh, some... I try to. I do some like listening to some worship music or singing, and so I went up to this little. Uh, it was like, it's not. Wasn't a house. It was just like an add-on room attached to a barn up in the central coast. It was off uh, near Cayucos. It was about a mile inland of Cayucos, which that is like a very very small town near Morro Bay. So central coast. I go up there. Uh, go to this like it's this whole cattle ranch, and I show up and it's just got this little add-on room, and I'm just in this. This, uh, this room by myself, and there's a couple horses outside, and it was great. I was just looking forward to some hikes. I like doing that when I'm spending some time with God, and just kind of like, okay, seeking God for in this new season, and Lord, what do, you, what do you have for me? What do you have for Calvary? Like, what just, what, how can I be just spending some time with the Lord, even just in intimacy with Him? Uh, I, I just, I encourage you even to think about how that can work into your rhythms. Maybe that's uh, even as Aaron was talking about, maybe that's even just an hour of time here and there, but I think it's important for us to have some shorter time every day, a little bit longer time every week, and then a, maybe a bigger chunk once a year, something like that, right? So to be thinking about the way you're thinking about your life in that way. Um, so I, I'm up there and uh, excited for these hikes and all that, and it was real beautiful, and then it was. Like it, it doesn't seem to rain that often here, although it has been lately, but it was this crazy, uh, just super downpour the entire time. So the entire time it is just dumping dumping rain and it's blowing wind and just insane. I remember even in this little place I was in, I was like stuffing toilet or uh, paper towel like into the cracks in the the door jam because it was whistling so loud (laughs) and just, this is insane. And so I was just trapped in this little room for like three days just feeling like, oh man, this is like really alone. I wanted to be alone, but I kind of wanted to like get around a little bit, walk around a little bit, but I was just like in this room and I just spent a time with the Lord and uh, so I, I remember journaling and praying and reading, and a lot of like what I was uh, praying through just kept leading me to this word of return. Now, then we were even like thinking all about are we going to be able to gather back together indoors? Like, we hadn't really been doing that yet, you know? I mean, we, we'd we had all of our, even Christmas Eve services, all those were outside and stuff like that. And so we were, I was just, so I think I had kind of this sense of regathering and returning and, in my mind, as well as then like um, uh, just being drawn in some of the things I was reading, as well as uh, in Revelation 2, as we'll read here, um, about just this sense of, Returning from the things that have distracted us to what really matters. Because I think we're still in this mode now in our world today where there's just so much going on with, uh, with, with the news and opinions and arguments about stuff and all sorts of different uh, things going on in our world. And and, and at some level, that stuff's been heightened in these last couple years, but that's always around. I mean, that stuff's always happening in our world. We're always distracted. It could be even our personal distractions. And then it's just saying, okay, Lord, how can I get to be able to return to what is most important. And I was even thinking about ministry and how we can have lots of programs and stuff at, at churches and lots of different things that we're trying to do, and they could be really good, but sometimes you can just get to be about doing stuff, you know? You can just get into the busyness of doing stuff, and you're like, is this what we're really supposed to be doing? Is this the core? And I think because of how we had to pull back so much because of COVID, I was like, okay, Lord, what is it you want us to return to, right? What, what do you really want us to be about. And then I also heard this song, really for the first time, uh, called Returning. And it was by a guy named Jeremy Riddle, who actually wrote the song uh, that we just sang called All Hail King Jesus. It's a worship, worship leader, kind of artist. And um, this song called Returning, which is just this song, I've even sent it out like in an email to you guys because I just like it was so impactful to me. Um, I know you all read my emails right on a weekly basis. Like it's just a regular, like 100 open rate on those. Uh, <laughs> they're good. Come on, yeah. Okay, so, but like with that, I just was really impacted by this song and. It's the words of Revelation 2. And so uh, at the end of this sermon, I, I want you, we're going to ha- take some time to be able to, to hear that and listen to that song and sing that song and have that impact us as well. But it's, it's Revelation 2, 1 through 7. I'm going to read it from the NASB uh, 95 edition. Um, but this passage of Scripture, okay, Revelation 2, real quick. Revelation Two and three. This is where this is where you've got these letters to these seven churches. These seven churches that are all in this area of Asia Minor, which is modern-day Turkey. Uh, I've been over there. I've walked around in each of these seven uh, cities. Some of them are just a mound and they have not even been excavated. Some of them are very excavated and are incredible. The city of Ephesus is what we'll look at here. Is Unbelievable! It's this massive ancient city that you can still walk through ruins all over the place, showing what life was like back then. Uh, It was a major, major hub, a major city, um, and in in that area now the church had a a church had started there. A church has been prevalent there. Now you've got Timothy was there, so writings to Timothy that Timothy does are there. Okay, or to Timothy I should say, and then obviously. Ephesians is about there as well. Now, this is Revelation 2. So hear this. It says, To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, The one who holds the seven stars in his right hand, the one who walks among the seven golden lampstands, says this. Okay, weird words. That's talking about Jesus. Jesus is saying this to these seven churches, all right? So it's speaking to these seven churches. Jesus is holding them in his hands. They are a light, and we'll we'll keep going here. We want their light to be able to shine bright. Verse two, I know your deeds and your toil and perseverance, and that you cannot tolerate evil men. And you put to the test those who call themselves apostles, and they are not. And you found them to be false. And, and you have perseverance and have endured for my name's sake, and have not grown weary. But I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Therefore, remember from where you have fallen, and repent and do the deeds you did at first. Or else I am coming to you and will remove your lampstand out of its place, unless you repent. Yet this you do have, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Okay, so, wow, it's a lot. Right, But the core of this that I want us to get into, and I'm not doing, we're not going to just do a super deep dive into Revelation 2 and everything this is saying, but I'm wanting us to learn a specific thing here, okay? It's this part, it says, Jesus is speaking to this church and saying, all right, here are some things that I want to commend about you, but here's some things I want to call out about you. Now, I don't want you to just think about a bunch of people living a couple thousand years ago in a town in Turkey, Okay, I want you to think about yourself as well in this. And hear the word of Christ to you. I know your deeds and your toil and perseverance, and that you cannot tolerate evil. Okay, let's stop there and just think about this for a second. Because he's saying, look, it is good. It is so good that you work so hard that you are diligent and faithful and you are working hard for your faith. And it is good that you don't tolerate evil. I commend you for these things. These aren't things like, sometimes we can read this because you'll get the but in here, you know. But you're not doing this. We can, we can read this as like, oh, they were, they were focused on bad stuff and should have been focused on something else. No, no, no. This is, these were things they were being commended for. It was good that they did that. But, <laughs> but I have this against you, he says, okay? But I have this against you, you've left your first love. So it is possible to not tolerate evil, to be against what is bad, right? It is possible to work really hard and be diligent and dutiful in your faith, but also have, have left your first love, have something that is against you, and it doesn't mean that it's bad. Then to talk like to be against evil or something, right? So, what I want you to hear and think about is: is us, is you. Calvary Church is a church that works hard. Calvary Church is a church, as it says here, that has endured patiently through lots of hard times. We are a church who has avoided evil. We've stood for the truth, it talks about. We stand for the truth of God's Word and defend it strongly. But, maybe like the church in Ephesus, we need to hear that we have been involved in a lot of stuff and a lot of good things, but have also have something that God could have against us. That we have possibly left our first love. We need to return to our first love, Jesus. And God's love for us, our love for God, that is what is most important. That is what's foundational. And what it required for this church in Ephesus, it required repentance. It required remembering how it was at first, it says. Remember the deeds you did at first. Remember from where you have fallen, it says. Repent of that. So most likely there was like a time for, for them, for, for you, for me, I know. Like a time where it's like, oh yeah, okay, I, I was on fire, right? Or I was, like when I first became a Christian or after a moment of, maybe for me, like a time. Sorry, my voice is a little scratchy today. After a time of, like, like, that retreat, that solitary retreat, you can kind of come off that mountaintop and feel like, okay, I'm so tight, I'm so close, I'm so connected to God. And then is there some sort of fading in that? But is there maybe some reasons for why that happens, I think, is because we tend to focus on the being in the midst of those mountaintops, and we come back and we get focused on the doing. Now, Matt Doane talked a lot about this last week in the Mary Martha passage. We talked about sitting, then serving, right? Sit, then serve. We have to sit at the feet of Jesus. Now, we can't just always sit at the feet of Jesus. He says, no, we ought to get to work then afterwards, right? So we have to just be careful and be aware of how then when we get back to work, do we only focus on the work and take our eyes off of Christ and our first love. So, um it's, it's this way with us, and it's this way with me. Like, I can, I can get so in the midst of just, sometimes it's just day-to-day life. It's not even, like, it's not anything bad. It's maybe not even anything good. It's just sort of just, like, day-to-day life. And you can get sort of distracted from what really matters most. And you need to be reminded. And so this is a reminder and a call-out for all of us to say, let's look at the deeds we did at first. So even a group of people, even a group of people, like in this passage, who avoided evil, worked hard, and are commended for it, still could have something against them. And so I think that's even just like an important reminder for us. Like, we we can be doing a lot of good stuff and still have some other stuff to work on. Right? We could still be, we can be like on track in a lot of ways and have some other ways that we need to get on track. Now, I want to talk about uh, like kind of what I mean by you now how love can play into all of this. All right. So one thing that some of our, our staff and even elders and then even like I've been, uh, been part of this uh, understanding spiritual authority uh, class that we've been working through this year. And we've been reading this book called Word, Deed, Power. And it's a little... A little book by some actually some uh, Novo missionaries, which is a mission agency that uh, we have a few missionaries that we support here at Calvary. And they did some writing on this, and it's really good. Uh, it's called Word, Deed, Power. Now, um, what it's talking about, I am going to explain this. So I think this is helpful just like in and of itself, plus about what we're going to talk about today, okay? So Word, Deed, Power is, these are three different ways that people tend to be thinking about how you are working towards the mission of God. Okay, so the mission of God in your life, or for our church, or for the big C church, whatever that might be. Like, word, and so I'll explain these. Now, word is the Bible. It's truth. It's, it's knowing God's word. It's preaching God's word. It's standing on the truth of, uh, of the word of God and teaching. Right? So, deed is good deeds. Serving the poor, caring for those in need, all that kind of stuff. Right? Then, power is um, like the power of the Holy Spirit, healings, miracles, hearing from God, stuff like that right like that that kind of power now uh, what what tends to happen is different traditions or different people will, is will push towards the outside of the picture that you see, okay, push towards the outside of one of the circles, and so like some tradition will be like, oh, no, it's just the Word of God. We've got to stand on the Word of God only. And only just, it's all about the Word. And so they push out towards the outer edge of the word box, or word circle, because, they're, and then they start to think like, oh, Well, deeds are bad if you, you know, if you start serving the poor, then it's just a social gospel. And oh, we gotta be careful about power because oh, that's gonna, you know, be some kind of crazy, you know, experiential thing that's just looking for an experience and isn't really about really about God or the truth of him, right? And so they'll push towards the word circle edge. Now that, that total same thing can happen on the deed edge. You know, that deed circle, and they'll push out towards the edge, and then it can just become, well, because what what happens is, with the word circle, then it just becomes like a book club with a bunch of knowledge that doesn't do anything. Well, if you push out to the edge of the the deed box, yeah, then it is just a, a charity that has nothing to do with God. And if you push towards the edge of the power box, yeah, it can be some sort of crazy experiential thing that really doesn't have any basis of truth in God's word. So... What we want to say is have all the arrows kind of pointing towards that center, and it's that whole concentric circle thing where the mission of God at its best is where all three of those things come together. You see, how, see what I'm talking about here? And so I want you, like, you probably have a way that you are wired you probably have a way that your tradition or your experience has led you in some of that even, right? Like, and I would say Calvary is probably a church that's more word circle, okay, historically. We, it doesn't mean we haven't done the other things, but just means that's probably where we've, like, trended. And now, I, I think that y- you would probably have a way you trend. And so it's important to think, like, okay, so how, how am I, like, or how, and how can I recognize that, hey, this has got to be all three. All three of these things are super important. Now, What I'd also want to say to us here today, and say to Calvary, is we could say, oh, I'm going to be strong and firm in the Word, and I'm going to be strong and firm in my works and deeds, strong in the power of God, and all of that, but if I have not love, I am nothing. Now, where did I hear that? I heard that from the Word of God. <laughs> so I get that. But without love, it's all meaningless. So I just want to add one thing. It is the circle of love around the entire picture. And so I want us to sort of reframe everything that we think and do, every way that we would think as a church, as a Christian, a follower of Jesus, to say love, love has to be a part of all of this. Love has to be a part of all of this or else it's meaningless, okay? So for all of us, whatever we do, it must be in love. And so as a a church, as a people, we care about, as Revelation 2 said, we care and we care deeply about truth. We care deeply about hard work. But love is of first importance. Love is of first importance, Now, one thing I was uh, even recently kind of like just reading through, we were actually at a staff chapel, I was just like reading through 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12 is um, all these different um, spiritual gifts, and it's this whole part that's like one body, many parts. I'll just read like a few different little verses in there. But it's like, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all, verse 4. Um, The same spirit gives great faith to one and to someone else. The spirit gives a gift of healing and all these different gifts. And then verse 12 says, The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free. But we've all been baptized into one body by one spirit. We all share the same spirit. And then he says, okay, so then it goes like verse 27 to to 30-ish. It says, Look, there's all these different gifts and roles in the church. First are apostles, prophets, teachers, those who do miracles, those who have the gift of healing, those who can help others, those who have the gift of leadership, those who speak in unknown languages. Interestingly, I think these are it's like word, deed, and power are all explained here in these different gifts and these different roles in the church. And he's like, are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? No, like, no, that would be crazy. He says, but now... Let me show you a way of life that is best of all. Then it goes to chapter 13, verse 1. Let me show you a way of life that is best of all. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. And it goes on to just keep talking about love for the entire chapter of chapter 13. So yeah, we've got all of these amazing gifts, all of these amazing roles, all of this responsibility that we've been given by God. But without love, it's worthless, it's meaningless. First love. Okay? As we start this year, as we realign our hearts to be in line with God's heart this year, first love. Love is of first importance. And so, my prayer for you is that no matter what you care about in this world, your work, your family, Your opinions, your ideals, your hobbies, whatever, whatever stuff that's going on. Love should reign above all of that. And love should affect all of that. Now, it's not some weird ethereal love like in some sort of like 60s peace and love sort of thing, okay? This is the love of God for you. Your love for God. And returning to your first love, which is Jesus. Okay, that's what it's about. It's that kind of love. And then you express all of that to people. That's that's how it's supposed to work. And what I want you to get, because what this was for the church in Revelation 2 in Ephesus, this was a rebuke of them. I mean, he's calling them out. But for us, what I want you to see is that I want you to see this as more than a rebuke. I want you to see this as a better life. Like this should be an invitation to something better. Okay, this should be an invitation to something beautiful in the way that your life would be. There might be a lot of stuff in this world and in our, uh, just in everything around us every day that you are really angry about. Okay, I want to invite you to a better life. (laughs) I want you to invite you to a life of love. Of expressing the love of Christ to a hurting world and you're probably angry about a lot of stuff that a world that is far from God is doing that won't change from your anger it will only change from the love of Jesus that is the way and so I want to encourage us to, to enter into a better life to enter into a world where we show and express the love of Jesus and that will change our world it is about that sort of peace in Christ. It's like this relief. Like You don't have to fix it all. You don't have to change it all. You just need to love God and love others. That's the point. Okay, That's the greatest commandment. We're going to be honing in on that a little bit too the rest of this month. That greatest commandment God has given us to love him and to love people. That's what he's called us to do. And so that's, that's our mission. And that really should be a better life for us. But it might be a rebuke. It's both a rebuke and a better life. Um, And it should relieve us from the stress of trying to do it all ourselves. Uh, So the way that we are supposed to respond to this, the way we're supposed to respond to this is within the, the passage in Revelation 2. He says, remember. He says, repent and return to your first love. Remember from where you've fallen. Repent and do the deeds you did at first. That's what we're supposed to do. Remember, repent, and return. And so I want you to consider how is God calling you to do that? How is God calling you to remember from where you have fallen, remember from what, what was that first love sort of moment for you? What was that time when you were just so passionate about God, where it was nothing else mattered? Remember that. Remember that. Get that into your head. What was that like? Do that even right now. Think about that. And then how has that changed? And in whatever way that's changed, repent of it. Repent. Ask forgiveness of God for that. And then return. Simply return to your first love of Jesus and him being the most important thing in your life. And make that an each day sort of thing. And that's part of why I think we want to do something like, A, focusing on our first love this month, and B, seven nights of worship this, this month, so that we can say, God, we're going we're gonna to just completely, completely focus our hearts on you. As a church, we want to have times of repentance. We want to have times of being on our knees before you. We want to have times of praise of you, God, and just say, God, we will make our church, and our lives completely about you as our first love. So what we're going to do now is we're going to sing this song and going to hear this song called Returning. I'd actually ask for you to have a, just a posture, even more of listening than singing. You just remain seated. If you want to kind of put your stuff down, you can, and kind of focus yourself in on a way of, of meditating upon the words of this song to hear God speaking to you. It's kind of a dramatic song, so just be aware of that as it gets going. But um, it's the words of Revelation 2, hear them as Jesus, as he was here in the word of God, Jesus speaking to you, to remember, to repent, to return. Let's pray. So Lord, we ask you, to speak to each one of us through your word as it is portrayed through this song, God. God lead us to respond in whatever way you have called us to. If you want us to pray, if you want us to be on our knees, if you want us to go to the front, if you want us to go to the back, if you want us to leave the room, if you want us to pray with someone else, if you want us to stand, whatever it is you need from us today, God. May we be a people and a church that is about you as our first love and nothing else. In Jesus' name.